Who is excited for the fall? Anybody excited for the fall? It's, uh, I'm, I'm hoping we get some colder weather soon in Jesus' name. It is almost football season. And uh, tell the person next to you, say, you better take some notes today, all right? And then you need to tell yourself, say, I need to take some notes today. It's good to be back speaking this morning. Uh, if you've missed the last couple of weeks, I had some friends in. Uh, my brother shared uh, two weeks ago. Did y'all enjoy my brother being here with us? I'm praying that he just moves to Fayetteville, okay? Uh, if y'all would join me in prayer. And then we had Pastor Corey from our Hot Springs campus uh, speak last week. And Kendra and I have gotten settled into our house. We are officially Fayettevillians. Is that what you call yourselves? I don't know. Uh, we are living in Fayetteville. And just as much as we are getting settled into our physical home, I'm excited to be building the house of God this fall with you. Uh, I believe and we believe that God is about to do some really, really awesome things. And just to kind of give you a heads up over the next few weeks, uh, we've got Life Group launch coming up. And uh, if you're like, what is that? It is for you. And uh, it's going to be awesome. We have a week of prayer coming up where we're going to be gathering in this building at 6 a.m. Somebody say, oh, <laughs> Uh, 6 a.m. to prayer, to pray and to worship, and we're going to share the, the Word of God and just believe for God to do uh, abundantly more this season in this church, and that's coming up. We've got a worship night coming up, and uh, we had a great time at our last one, and then today, after our second service, we have water baptisms. We have uh, a handful of people going public with their faith, and if you want to be water baptized, it's not too late. The water's going to be nice and hot for you, okay? Uh, compared to last time, we, we tried to heat it up a little bit. It's like a hot tub. If you are ready, say, I'm ready. ready. All right, three people. Let's try it again. If you're ready, say, I'm ready. <laughs> All right, well, we're going to get in the Word. I want to give you some context. We're going to be in 2 Timothy chapter 1. If you've got a Bible, go ahead and open that, um, and you can use your phone. If you need a Bible, uh, we say this almost every Sunday, we have some at the Welcome Center. In the last six months, we've given out like 120 Bibles, and we want to keep doing that, giving you the Word of God. So just a little bit of context for what's going on in, in chapter 1 of 2 Timothy. Paul's final letter out of his 13 letters and it's his most personal and sincere letter, I would say, that he had written. He was writing from a prison cell. Um, I don't know if you've ever been in a prison cell. I've never been in one. Uh, but I could only imagine the, the cell that he's in. Uh, they said, uh, you know, theologians say that he was lowered in from the roof. There was a small grate that they would drop food down. And that was the only light that came into this place. He was sitting there. He was awaiting his execution because of his faith in preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so young Timothy is being addressed. That's a great rap name, by the way, just young Timmy, okay? Um, he was being addressed by his, his spiritual father, uh, Paul. And Paul, as you know, this, formerly he was Saul, and uh, he used to kill Christians. And so if you're here this morning and you are saying, God can't use me because of blank, you have no excuse, okay? Paul was pretty rough around the edges, and God flipped his life upside down. And made a huge impact. In 67 AD, Emperor Nero, um, he was a very cruel man. He would actually light Christians on fire. And he would put them up on stakes to light his garden. And this was the world that Paul was preaching the gospel in. And so out of a very dark situation, he was imparting wisdom to Timothy as he awaits his death. In the last moments of his life, he takes what could have been a moment to have self-pity 
to, to be sad, to be doubtful if God is for me, is he against me? And he uses his words to spark a fire in another young man. In the middle of adversity, prison and, and hardship, he's encouraging someone else. He's saying, even though my circumstance looks like this, I can light a fire in you, Timothy. And he goes on, and I just want to say today that you need to know that even in your worst days, God can still get glory. Even in your worst days, God can still be praised. Even in your worst days, God can still move. Can somebody say amen? Like God is so faithful in an awful situation, he, he can shed light if we would be willing to let him. Verse 5 says, I'm reminded, this is Paul saying, I'm reminded of your sincere faith to Timothy, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I'm persuaded it now lives in you also. I want to tell you that faith can be passed down from generation. Maybe you're in this place and you're the first person in your family to be a Christ follower. I think it's amazing. That's awesome. That's great. Maybe you're in this place and you're here today because your grandmama was praying fire down from heaven. Has somebody, anybody been there? Okay, like that's, that's me, by the way. Mom Aldana. Okay, I'm walking in the fruit of her prayers today. You need to know that your kids, they're watching the way you live. Your grandkids are watching the way you live. And we can pass down great academics and good sports and celebrate those things, but can we celebrate the things of faith too? Can we celebrate when our kids are memorizing the word of God and praying? Man, you better start giving them a sucker every now and then when they know the word, okay? Like we celebrate it and it grows. I think it's passed down. Timothy, he, he caught this faith. He made it personal for himself. And Paul is saying that, I know that there's a sincere faith in you, Timothy. It lives in you because there's some people who've come before you. And for this reason, I remind you. Turn to the person next to you and say, today's your reminder, okay? This is a reminder for all of us. Why is he saying this? Because it is so easy to forget. Anybody got some memory loss? Like, I've had double-digit concussions. I got memory loss. We have a, a memory problem when it comes to the faithfulness of God and what he's called us to do. Sometimes we forget that we are on a mission. Sometimes we forget and we think, man, life is all about getting comfy. We get caught up in life. And here's the reality is the, the flame that used to burn bright has slowly grown dim. And so today, much like Paul is pleading with Timothy, I want to plead with you today. I've, it's been three weeks since I've preached, so I'm a little fired up, Okay. Verse 6, it says, for this reason, what we just read, for this reason, your sincere faith, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you, by the way. It's in you. If you're a believer, if you're a Christ follower in this place, God has put a gift on the inside of you, and he says, you got to fan it into flame. And you received it through the laying of hands. And another way to say this is that God wants you to stir up the gift that is inside of you. Do you remember that first time you burned bright for the Lord? Maybe you were at a retreat or anybody went on one of those little retreats. You get away and you came home and you burned all your CDs. And y'all, anybody do that? I came home from a retreat in junior high and I, I, I ruined all my mom's CDs and I got my butt whooped. Um, but do you remember when that fire was lit on the inside of you for the first time, do you remember when you used your gifts for God? I've got a very simple assignment 
today, and it's to remind you that there was an ember that was placed on the inside of you the day that you got saved. And it was never supposed to stay small. It was supposed to burn bright and big for the Lord. I want to spend the next few minutes that we have together encouraging you and trying to plead with you to fan into flame the gift of God inside of you. By the show of hands, raise your hand if you've ever tried to start a fire before. Just raise your hand. All right, lower your hands. Do we have any pyromaniacs in the place? Okay, we need to keep you all by the exits. All right, get some fire extinguishers. Maybe you had the responsibility of being the fire starter at the camping trip. Uh, maybe, maybe you like to light fires in your fireplace and get cozy. Anybody like the Duraflame logs? Just keep it easy, right? Some of y'all use lighter fluid. You're cheaters, all right? Uh, <laughs> gasoline, that's why you ain't got eyebrows. Um, there's something so fulfilling about getting a fire started. I don't know about y'all, but I feel like more of a man. Like, I'm like, I, I made that fire. I made that fire with my hands. We, we had a staff retreat. Uh, a couple years ago, and, and this was at the, the campus in Little Rock, and we got away. We went to this log cabin, and uh, it was very flammable, and uh, it's important you know that. Um, and it was my responsibility to make the fire. And so this place had a big 30-foot chimney. It was this gigantic fireplace, and it was uh, the big, like, day of the retreat where we had all the sessions. We're getting vision from the Lord. And so I get up early, you know, and like a good Christ follower, I was, I was going to do my due diligence and start the fire. So I get in there, and I start with a little kindling and a little newspaper, you know, kind of light a match, get it going, throw a little few small twigs on there. They get go- a few small sticks. They get burning. And then you get a bigger log, right? Throw it on the fire, and it starts burning. And then you throw a few more logs on the fire. And then before you know it, you've got enough fire to put heat into the entire house. This was a giant facility. Big fireplace, everybody gathers in, they're eating their breakfast, drinking their coffee, having a good time, and I'm sitting back, and I'm just thinking, I made that fire, you know, like, and everybody was like, man, this fire is really hot, <laughs> and, and so we, we start session one, and our pastor's teaching the session, and we're all in there, there's like 25 of us in there, and, you know, we're like into it, and doing worship, all this stuff, and, and somebody's like, keeps commenting, this fire is really hot, and then somebody's like, hey, the, there is smoke in the room. And then they're looking around, and there's rocks. You know, it's lined with rocks all the way up the chimney. And there's a a girl. She says, there's smoke coming out of that rock up there. (laughs) And what happened is this chimney had basically never been cleaned. And uh, what started as a small fire turned into a big fire. (laughs) And so we all, like, we're playing it cool. We're like, oh, we'll keep the session going. Surely that'll stop. It didn't. And so the fire gets bigger, but the crazy thing is, is the fire that we saw wasn't really big. The fire in the chimney is what was big. Has anybody ever had a chimney fire? And so somebody sticks their phone and takes a video, and there is a roaring flame in the chimney of this fireplace. We start running around. We start running around. Everybody's grabbing their stuff. And it's like everything you practice, it's like none of it came into play. Like, and, and they're like, stop dropping roll. Everybody's getting their bags and throwing them out into the yard. And, and then I remember my wife is asleep. My wife, Kendra is asleep with our son. And, and so I run back there. And I was like, I had to like, you know, how do I present this information to my wife? And so I went in there and I was like, hey, babe. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm breathing pretty heavy. I was out of shape. And, and I was like, hey, babe. Uh, um, there's the, we've got a problem, um, and she's half asleep, you know, when you're half asleep, and I didn't want to scare, I was like, you know, we need to, we need you to get up, there's some smoke in the house, and, 
uh, we probably just need to move quick. And she was like, shut up. And she rolled over, you know, like she rolled over on her side. And then I was like, get your butt up. There's a fire in the house, you know. And she like takes you, she like gets up, she's running. And she grabs the pack and play that our son is in and just starts running with it, okay. And trying to get it out the door. I was like, grab our son, not the pack and play. And so we grab our stuff and we run outside and we left. We had to leave. The fire department came. They're like drowned, like drowning the place in water. The whole the whole chimney was on fire. It was a it was a rough day. Why do I tell you that story? One to capture your attention, okay? But two, what started so small turned into something that was roaring and blazing. And as I prepared this message, my prayer is that the same thing would happen in you. That a small, a small spark today, it would cause a fire that burns so bright in this city that this whole region could be known for Jesus. Yeah. Write this down. There's a gift inside of you. Make it personal. There's a gift inside of me. There's a gift inside of you. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you. Through the laying of hands, when, when you said yes to Jesus... You receive a gift of eternal life. It's a great gift. You receive the gift of God's grace. How many want to know that's a great gift? But you also receive the gift that only comes from God's grace. He puts something on the inside of you. He's gifted everybody different in this room. And what Paul is telling Timothy is that his responsibility is to stir up those gifts, to breathe some air, to fan some air on that flame the gift of God. You've got to acknowledge that there's a flame inside of you and take ownership of it. Everybody repeat this with me. Say, I have. Everybody say, I have a gift inside of me. You've got a gift in you. My question for you today is, what are you doing with it? What are you, what are you doing with the gift that God has given you? I want you to imagine you purchase a gift for your child or someone you love and you spent so much time thinking about it and, and you even handmade it and you wrapped it up. It was cute. You put four bows on it because you were so proud and then you gave it to them and they just stared at it. <laughs> Would you just look at it? You know, <laughs> like just, just stared at the gift. They never opened it. Weeks go by and months go by and years go by. And as your father or, or mother, whatever it is, they, they gave the gift, wouldn't you be so, you would be so disappointed. Like, why aren't you using the gift? Why aren't you opening the gift that I gave you? This is a look at the church. Oh, well, it's Seth's job. He can do all of that stuff. Or, that's why they have people that work at the church. No, we need help. We need help to reach this city and this region. Did you know that over 80% of the people that come to church don't know their God-given gifts, their purpose, and their potential? I want to ask you this. What would happen if 80% of your body didn't work properly? <laughs> we would be in trouble. The problem is not possessing the gift. The problem is that we, we don't use the gifts. Well, what would happen today if every believer in this building acknowledged that you've got a gift and you took one step today to use it? Here's the truth. Your, your gift is either growing, it's either staying the same, or it's being smothered. It's either growing, staying the same, or being smothered. I, my question for you today is this. How is your flame? Make it personal. This is for you. This isn't for your neighbor. This isn't for the person you tricked into coming to church, okay? How is your flame? 
Is it burning bright? My, my goal is that it would burn bright for the Lord. We had a fireplace growing up, and I never really understood why there were so many tools next to the fireplace. Y'all seen this? It's a rack. A little, ours was like really nasty looking and dusty, and it all, they all looked like murder weapons, just to be honest. Like, <laughs> my brother and I used to get those tongs and like grab each other's you know, head with it, and it was great. One of, one of the things in there, it, it's called the stoker. You know what I'm talking about? It's like a little fire poker. It's very dangerous. It's great to use. Somebody breaks into your house. The stoker, this is what it does. It pokes the fire and it increases airflow. The tongs, it repositions a log so that it could burn hotter. You can take one log, move it over here and reposition it. The broom in the pan, don't sleep on the broom in the pan, all right? They serve a purpose. I didn't know these tools could preach, but you'll hear it. You'll see it, okay? The broom in the pan, the goal is to remove the ashes. Because if you leave what has been burnt up in the fireplace, it prevents another fire from starting. Or in the case like we had, it causes a wildfire, okay? You, you've got to get rid of the ashes. And if you're fancy, some of you are fancy. I just know it. You had a bellow. I had to even Google what that was. What is that thing, you know? And, it, and what it does is you pump out those handles together. Anybody use one of these? And what does it do? It blows on the flame. It's putting oxygen on the flame. And the flame is growing and burning brighter. And I started thinking about this, and I was like, as a church, all of this makes sense. I want this to be a place where your fire can burn bright. This is what a stoker is in the church. You got a group. You've got some accountability. You've got somebody, when you get off track, they're going to poke you a little bit. Hey, I don't know. I don't know about that. Hey, you said you weren't ever going back to that place. And what it does is it increases the airflow of God's presence to move in your life so that you could burn brighter. Are you in a group? Tongs, yes. They're not just to attack your brother with. A tongue, this is what I think is during a sermon. Is your heart in a good place to be repositioned after you leave this place? The, the burning log to be repositioned so you could burn brighter. Every single Sunday, there's a step for all of us to take. Then you got the broom in the pan. Don't sleep on the broom in the pan, all right? Where, where you come in, and this is how I see the broom in the pan in the church, is a place where you can repent and turn from your sin. It's a place where you can remove what used to burn and the ashes that still lay there. Because some people can't burn bright because they're wallowing in what was. Clean it up. This is a place you can do that in the bellow. The old bellow for the fancy people. When I look at the church, I think, you know, this is the the wind. This is the, the Holy Spirit. It blows fresh on you so that you can become a flame and a fire. You've probably heard it said this, that a graveyard is the most expensive place on the planet. Why? Because that's where visions and dreams and gifts and ideas get buried with a person. Man, my prayer is that you would use the things God's given you today. God has put a gift on the inside of you. First Peter 4 it says this, it's not going to be on the screens. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. I want you to write this down. Take a step every day. Take a step every day in faith. 
I talk to so many people, and this is what they say. I, I just feel stuck. And has anybody ever said that or thought that? I just feel stuck in my faith. Like, I can't move. I can't get going. I feel stagnant. I have no motivation to read my Bible or, or to worship or whatever. Maybe you will always feel stuck if you refuse to start. There's something that happens inside of you when you just get going. I love what the Bible says. Do not despise these small beginnings. For the Lord rejoices to see the work, what? Begin. Well, a lot of people don't want to begin because their first step doesn't look like somebody they're comparing themselves to. No, get started. Take a step of faith. I love my, my son, Zane, but they're at home. They're not feeling very well today. And Zane, he is, he is so funny. He's, he's wild, y'all. I love him. The other day, we were riding in the car. It was complete silence. And he looked at me. He was like, Daddy, what does God eat? And I was like, fish. I don't know. You know, like, <laughs> great question, son. He's going to be a theologian. My son, when he was 10 months old, he started taking his first steps. And I'll never forget that moment because I'm, I'm a new, I was a new dad. And my son, what it looked like is that, you know, when a baby walks for their first time, it looks like they just left a frat party, you know, and, and he's like, you know, just all over the place. And, and he's walking to me. He took one step. And I think I celebrated so loud, I startled him. Like, I, I screamed, I picked him up, I ran around the house, we celebrated, me and Kendra were so excited. It was awesome. Zane was terrified. He was so scared. He's crying. He's taking his steps and, and crying at the same time. Why? Because he, my son took a step. My son took a step. You have to know that when you take a step in faith, that your father in heaven wants to pick you up and parade you around town, celebrate you in heaven because you took a step. We try to overcomplicate this whole faith thing. Make it cute and all. No, no, no. Take a step. What is your step today? Everybody has a step and everybody's step looks different. Here's a few practical steps. Get a Bible. I've been saying it since we moved to Fayetteville for seven months. I'm going to say it for 12, okay? Get a Bible. Get a Bible. And then you open the Bible. It's awesome. You open it up. Whoa. Wow. A lot of people say, man, I wish God would speak to me. He already did. We just have to read it. The Bible. Oh, wow. This is the only book on the planet when I read it, it reads me. It's the only book on the planet that is alive. It is the only thing that doesn't need to change. It's the only thing that isn't changing. Everything around you is changing and fading away. It needs an update. Your Bible remains the same. Get a Bible, open it, read it. Get away from toxic relationships. Start a devotional on the Bible app. Join a life group. We've got a, a launch coming up in two weeks. Start serving. Lead a group. Say yes to ministry, pray over a meal, forgive someone who hurts you, share your faith with your kids, share your faith with somebody at work. Listen, it's time to fan into flame the gift that God has put on the inside of you. I've told you, and I'll tell you again, this is not a place for sideline Christianity. This is not a church for people just to kick their feet up and occupy a seat on a Sunday. We are for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. We celebrate what God does on Sunday. But I want there to be some things to celebrate. Are y'all tracking with me? I want us to be able to celebrate a couple thousand dollars given to foster families and, and raising school supplies for parents who can't buy all the backpacks. 
I want to be able to do an outreach in the city every single month. I want there to be more groups that meet across the region than the attendance on a Sunday morning. Why? Because you have a gift inside of you. And God is pleading with you today. Would you fan the flame? It's a really simple message. But I love the gospel. It's a really simple message. Would you fan the flame? I I did a study on hot water a couple years ago. I know I'm a nerd. (laughs) Did y'all know one degree makes a big difference? 211 degrees is hot water. 212 degrees is what? Boiling water. That's how you cook them ramen noodles. (laughs) I ate a lot of those at college. (laughs) That one degree makes a significant difference. One degree takes a locomotive and moves it because it produces steam. One degree, one small step. You would be blown away by a whole year of every day taking a small step in your faith, reading the word every day, praying every day, replacing secular music with some worship music every day, encouraging somebody when you feel down. You would be so shocked what one degree in your faith would do every single day. That boiling water produces steam, and that steam moves something that to fulfill its purpose. I learned that seemingly small things done consistently over time can make a tremendous difference. Seemingly small things that done consistently over time can make a tremendous difference. This is an example. When you eat healthy, okay, some of y'all are like, oh, here we go, salad and croutons, okay? When you eat healthy, consistently, somebody say amen, okay? It makes a difference. When you work out consistently, well, I went to the gym one time, I didn't see no results, show up tomorrow. And then the next day, I'm preaching to myself, and the next day, because Chick-fil-A is good, and the next day, show up to your job on time, consistently. Any managers, y'all say amen, like, like, Listen, consistency. I double dog dare you to pray daily consistently, to meditate on the word consistently, to worship instead of worry consistently, to have faith over your fear consistently. I, y'all, I promise you, you will be blown away what one degree every day would do in your life. And then one day you get some steam going. Oh, I took 10 steps today. Oh, this is actually really fulfilling. Man, I actually get life reading the word of God. I actually get life joining a life group. When you decide that you're gonna take a step of faith every day, it makes a difference. Things start moving in your life. With steam, the thing that seems unmovable, it moves. Anybody ever experienced that? With steam, the power of God in your life, the the family member that seems impossible to reach with the gospel, they get saved. God starts doing some stuff. I got saved, you guys. Corey told you last week, Pastor Corey, he was the kid life pastor. I got saved. I got tricked into serving in kid life. And I show up and he said, you're gonna be a tree. I was like, I'm not gonna be a tree. I'm terrified to be on stage. He said, no, you're gonna dress as a tree and you're gonna just stand there like this. I was like, easy enough, right? I started as a tree. That was my one step. You can be a tree. You can be a tree. You can be a branch. You can be a rock over in Kid Life, you know. What is your first step? I was a tree. 
And then I started stacking some chairs. I'll never forget I was stacking them chairs. I was like, I can't believe I get to stack chairs in the church. They don't know what I did yesterday. You know, and I, I remember I started opening and holding the door and making coffee and greeting people. And one thing led to another. I changed my major to biblical studies. I forgave my father who, who walked out on us when I was a kid. One thing, one small step after another. Now I'm a pastor. I got tricked, okay? God's got a sense of humor. I, was, I signed up to be a tree. <laughs> one small step. Fan the flame. You have no idea what God wants to do with the small ember that he put on the inside of you. Don't let yourself decide. Just be faithful and say, God, you can use me how you want. Because without consistency, the fire grows dim. I've told you this. I'm going to tell you again. Set a time with the Lord. Pick a place. And don't leave that place until joy hits your spirit. Set a time with the Lord. If you got a calendar for your job, you can have a calendar with the Lord. If you got a calendar for your hobbies, you can spend some time with Jesus. Set a time, pick a place, and say, I'm not leaving this place until joy hits my spirit. I'm not leaving this place until I'm not worried and I have faith. I don't want to fear. I want to trust God. I'm not leaving this place. And let me tell you, God is so faithful to show up every time. Oh, and he starts speaking through his word. He'll start sharpening you and developing you and changing you from the inside out. There's not a quick fix to fanning, by the way. There's not a microwave for your purpose. We have to fan ourselves. We have to feed ourselves. Paul's saying, bro, I'm in prison. I literally can't fan you anymore. Y'all tracking with me? He says, I'm in prison. I'm about to be beheaded because of my faith. I can't fan you anymore. You need to fan into flame the gift inside of you. So what does that mean for us today? That we need constant fuel and constant fanning. I'm going to say something. It may step on some toes, so just prepare your toes, okay? As mature believers, we cannot come on a Sunday expecting to be fanned enough for the whole week. I'm going to do my best. It's probably going to be B minus most of the times, okay? We can't show up on a Sunday expecting for enough oxygen on the flame to go Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Because how many of you want to know? When Monday comes, we need some more fanning. When Tuesday comes, I need some food for my soul. <laughs> Wednesday comes, I'm about, to, I'm about to cuss somebody out. You know, I know how y'all act, all right? <laughs> I'm kidding. Y'all smile. It's okay. <laughs> we have to fan the flame. I've learned this. Small children, when they get hungry, Daddy, I want a snack. I want to feed me, feed me, feed me. I want to snack. Babies cry when they get hungry. When adults get hungry, you make a sandwich. I make a peanut butter sandwich. What if every time you got hungry and needed to feed your soul, you fed yourself? What if every time you needed some motivation to step out in faith and not worry and doubt and have anxiety and stress, you say, I'm going to feed my spirit and I'm going to starve my flesh. I'm going to open the word of God. I'm going to pray. I'm going to intercede. I'm going to encourage somebody. I'm going to fan the flame. Oh, I believe that God would move in your life. Last thing I want to tell you today is stop being led by fear. Stop being led by fear. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you, you have a gift. Through the laying of my hands for the spirit that God gave us does not make us timid, but it gives us power and love and self-discipline. Those are some good gifts. 
Being timid means that you lack courage and confidence. And what I have learned in my short amount of time of faith is most people are timid because they have confidence in themselves and not God. Most people lack courage because they have confidence and courage in themselves and not God. Can I tell you, God has an abundance of courage for you today, an abundance of confidence for you to tackle the worries of life. I'm telling you, if you lean into him, don't hide the gift, fan it. Don't fear the gift, fan it. Don't fake it, fan it. We gotta fan the gift. The famous words of Johnny Cash, it burns, burns, burns. The ring of fire, I gotta find a way to squeeze these songs in every Sunday. Usher said it well too, let it, let it burn, you know? <laughs> Katy Perry said it better than both of them. She said, you just gotta ignite the light and let it shine. Andrew said, that's right. <laughs> it just owned the night like the 4th of July because baby, you're a firework, all right? Will y'all stand to your feet? I want to pray over you. I think the presence of God just left, okay? <laughs> hey, family, I, I want to encourage you today. Take a step. There's a Connect card in the seat in front of you. If you need prayer, fill out a Connect card and put it in the offering box at the end of service. Maybe God's leading you to give to the church, to invest into the kingdom of heaven. Take a step. Maybe God is saying, hey, just go meet the, the pastor or one of the staff members. Take a step. Maybe you're in this place and you desperately need community. Would you please take a step? Don't do life alone. Maybe you're supposed to serve in the church. We need your help. There's a place for everybody to serve. If you're more creepy, we'll have you, you know, do other things. <laughs> he, tells, he tells Timothy 25 times, do not fear. Why? Because, because Timothy was timid. If you look through the Bible from the beginning of Genesis to the end of Revelation, God says, do not fear 365 times. I'm convinced it's one for every day you would doubt. I don't know about you, but I can tell you for me, I get fearful every Sunday, every Saturday night. You could ask my wife, I'm laying in bed. I'm like, nobody's coming to church. The message sucks. I don't even know if God loves me anymore. You know, like <laughs> throwing myself a pity. But last night, I'm telling you, 1130 like, I don't want to go, you know? <laughs> do not fear. Why? Why do we not fear? Because he has overcome the world. You don't have to doubt. You can have courage. Why? Take heart. He's overcome the world. Stop trying to fight the battle alone. The battle's already won. Pick up your weapons and your gifts. It's time to fan the flame. Can somebody say amen? What if everybody decided today to take a step? Oh, I think we would see something special. So if you will, close your eyes ac across the room. I want to pray for you. I was leading a Bible study many years ago when I got saved. And uh, this little kid named Preston showed up to our garage. And he overheard, it was a college Bible study. And this, this kid overheard us sharing the gospel. And he ends up giving his life to Jesus. He invites me into his home to share the gospel with his whole family. It was extremely uncomfortable. <laughs> and uh, this, this kid, he, he had a flame lit inside of him that nobody could put out. Just want you to close your eyes across the room. Would you just go back to the moment? Maybe today's your first time making a decision to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Maybe you're a believer and you've been a believer for a long time, but the flame has grown dim. Today is the day that you stoke the flame. 
today is the day that you fan the flame. In Jesus' name, today is the day that the Holy Spirit breathes on that ember. It turns into a flame. And here's the thing about a flame is it catches other things on fire. This is a good fire. (laughs) It catches that we want to burn bright for the Lord. We want people to see Jesus. And so my prayer as I plead with you is that you would use the gift, that you would fan the flame that God's put on the inside of you for the kingdom of God. Lord, we love you. We thank you for today. I know that you're with us. I know you're moving in this place. I pray, God, that every person would have enough faith and courage to step out and take a step today, that they would not fear, that they would take hold of the word, that they would take a step today, that they would fill out a connect card, that they would get plugged in, that they would join a life group. Maybe there's someone here and they're gonna put faith in Jesus for the first time. The word of God says you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that he saved you from your sin. You turn from your sin and you say, I wanna follow you, Jesus. I want to make you the Lord of my life. It says that you give the the best gift, God, eternal life. You deposit a gift inside of us, and today we decide we're fanning that flame. And so, God, I just pray that you would move in this place and that it wouldn't be held by these walls, but it would go into every part of this region. In the name of Jesus, all God's people said.